Hello and welcome to Essex by the Sea. I'm Owen Ward, exploring the Essex coast, finding out about the amazing and interesting stories it has to offer. Spinning around off the Essex coast, wind turbines are now quite a common sight from the coastline. There's the London Array right out in the Thames estuary, Gunfleet Sands just about four nautical miles off the beaches of Clacton, and then there's the Galloper Wind Farm, over 12 nautical miles off the coast. But how many wind turbines are actually out there in total? We'll keep listening to find out. For this episode of Essex by the Sea, I'm actually at the Galloper Wind Farm, well, not actually out on the turbines, here in the operations and maintenance base next to Harwich International Port. Sean Chenery is the general manager and uh, joins me now. Thank you ever so much for inviting me here today. Hello, Owen. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. Now, how long's this uh, wind farm been operational for? Because actually, they're, they're relatively a sort of new thing off the Essex coast. Yeah, so Gallup has been uh, commercially operation uh, since 2018, started construction in 2016, so it's a relatively short construction period, uh, but been running uh, at good availability since 2018. Now, from sort of the beaches of Essex, they look quite small out there on the horizon, but how big are they actually? Yeah, so each turbine, so our turbines are 6.3 megawatts in power, but they stand 180 metres tall, so that's the same height as the Gherkin in London. Wow, I hadn't uh, sort of appreciated that. And I suppose it's only when you're up close and personal, as it were, to them, uh, that you really get a sense of, of the size of them and, and, and the power that they can generate. The offshore industry has, has progressed massively in the last 10 years. Uh, and the turbines that are now being developed and designed are a third, almost half as big again. How much does the country need the uh, sort of greener energy? Because there's power stations up and down the country, perhaps fired by gas or coal or nuclear, but there is very much a drive to, to greener energy. And, and offshore wind farms is very much key to that, isn't it? It is. Uh, as, as time's gone on and as climate change has become more of an uh, impact in the UK, um, more and more coal-fired power stations uh, have closed down um, and we need something to replace those with offshore wind is one of those alternatives to replace coal-fired generation it's not the only but it's a really good renewable source and the cost of uh, installing offshore wind has come down dramatically over the last 10 years the galloper wind farm i mean if you drew a straight line from the coast i think technically it's closer to suffolk than than essex but your base is very much here in harwich and it's a very lovely building we're in a meeting room with panoramic views across the river we've got shotley in front of us the port of felixstowe and the large container vessels opposite i've seen a stena line service going out just before we recorded what actually goes on here on land then so you're, you're dead right, Owen. The, the facility is lovely. I think I've got one of the best views uh, in Harwich, really, as my, at my office. It's a £10 million state-of-the-art building that we've built here just to manage uh, Gallup Wind Farm. But our, we've got a 60-strong team um, between RWE and uh, Siemens uh, Gamesa, and the guys and girls sail out to the wind farm to do maintenance on a daily basis, uh, of course, when weather permits. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's what's happened from here. We've also got our main control room that monitors the wind farm, We've got our stores and logistics um, that uh, houses all the spare parts that we need to service the wind farm. And we've got the back office team that support the offshore technicians that are, that are working offshore. I guess the maintenance then is obviously quite a big thing. You can't just put a wind, wind turbine in the middle of the sea and just expect it to do its stuff uh, constantly. Um, it does need maintenance then. And those boats, as you say, go out daily. What sort of things will, will the team be doing? I mean, is it literally just checking that the propellers are still attached? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not quite that. Um, so the, the turbines are actually designed so they need relatively little maintenance. 
But there's things like statutory inspections where we have to check lifts and ladders every year to make sure that they're um, safe for the guys and girls to transfer to the turbines. We also had to do maintenance on the on the turbines themselves. Things like oil pressures, uh, coolant pressures, uh, electrical systems, a bit like servicing your car, to be fair. But uh, that's that's limited to two or three days a year. Um, and invariably, with any mechanical equipment, you get breakdowns. So so this time of year, we're not servicing. The things we're going to do this year is, is breakdowns uh, and just checking the things are running efficiently through the winter months. We generally do the, the maintenance in the summer months where there's less wind, so there's less impact of, of lost production, and there's better access. So we can uh, the turbines can push onto the turbines, and there's a lot better access for the, for the technicians to get to the turbines. Today we're recording, looking out, it's, it's flat calm out there in the estuary. I mean, it, it looks idyllic, although not a lot of wind. Are there days when there's actually no wind? Yes, uh, certainly so. It looks flat calm sitting here, but of course we're in the estuary. Um, so so many days we look, I look out the window and it's flat calm and, and the guys get to the turbines and we've got two, three metre swells. Um, so so uh, it's not all what it uh, looks like when we're looking out the window. But yes, so there's low wind today. Yesterday we had high winds. I think earlier this week, um, offshore wind attributed to 50% of the UK's power. But there'll be days like today where the wind's dropped off. It's a shift in direction. Um, where there's not so much wind from uh, from offshore wind, which is why in the UK we need all sorts of energy, things from, from nuclear to gas to storage to onshore to offshore wind to hydro. Uh, they all play a part in security of supply for the UK, so you can't just have one type of, of energy source. Does that variation then in, in the we- essentially the weather conditions then... Uh, mean that there is huge fluctuations in the amount of electricity that you you generate and is that then compensated by the national grid and and, and picked up by the other uh, sources of energy then yeah that's correct so on a we're getting better and better at forecasting wind so so uh so we we work with lots of forecasters and we've got two or three different forecasts so we can then determine what that is so it's not like it's changing on the day we said that we're going to produce 350 megawatts and then all of a sudden we've got nothing um, so we can predict that. And, and you're right, we do then predict that and send that prediction of our generation to National Grid along with all the other operators in the UK. And then National Grid can do the balancing. So they're the, they're the responsible operator that balances the grid, the demand side, and balances where they get the power from winds, coal, uh, nuclear, gas, uh, biomass. So, uh, so that's National Grid's jobs, jobs to balance the demand in the UK and what operators are producing from offshore wind and, and various other sources. Can there ever be a day when there's actually too much wind? I mean, presumably the wind turbines have an operational limit that they can they can spin around at. Yeah, so our wind turbines, they operate up to around uh, 60 miles per hour. So wind speed 60 miles per hour. So it starts at 7. So when we're doing 7 miles per hour of wind speed, the turbine blades start to turn and start to generate electricity all the way up to, to 60 miles an hour. So it's quite a broad range of, of the, the sort of the variation that we can actually produce uh, electricity at. Now, I've read that there's plans to expand the wind farms in sort of the, the, the outer Thames estuary area. Is the Thames estuary a good place then, therefore, to be generating e- electricity through a sort of wind turbine generation then? Yeah, you're right. We are we are looking at extensions um, for Galloper. For specifically, there's a sister site called Five Estuaries um, that we're looking to get permission to, to build that, and that's on the uh, eastern side of, of, of Galloper Wind Farm. It's an ideal location. It's relatively shallow water. We get good wind resource, 
And that's what we're looking at as an operator, as RWS operator. We look at all places in the UK and across the world where you've got water depths that allow you to put a foundation in the water and also get an unhindered wind. So uh, get the, where the predominant wind's coming from. You don't want things in the way. Um, so basically that's a, a good location around the UK um, for offshore wind. So I would have thought perhaps sort of the West Coast off of Wales, off of Cornwall, the times I've been in those places, it's been very windy. I would have thought that's ideal. But actually, is that uh, the conditions not optimal? Because I'm guessing also it's very deep water, whereas here in the estuary, you've got shallower and sandbanks that, that perhaps you could you can build the, the, uh, the turbines on. Yeah, RWE, who's the operator of Galloper Wind Farm, has got 10 operational wind farms in the UK at the moment. It is expanding, so I think we've got somewhere in the region of 7 gigawatts of new wind farms in construction and development. Um, And we operate wind farms off the West Coast. So we have already got wind farms um, close to Anglesey, so uh, at uh, Gwinty Moor, Real Flats, um, some of our wind farms. We've also got wind farms uh, up the northeast as well, around the Grimsby area. So we do look all around the UK uh, to find those ideal locations, but, but you're right, it's mainly built on sandbanks, um, because uh, Galloper, for instance, our water depths are between 27 and 36 metres, so roughly the height of uh, the Tower of London. That's how deep the water is that we've we've got our turbines in. Relatively shallow in, in the overall grand scheme of things. Now, some people who perhaps are against uh, wind farms claim habitats and, and wildlife are being damaged. What, what work is done by a company such as, as yourselves to try and mitigate that and, and make sure that it's not harmful to the environment? So we've, um, for, for Gallopers specifically, we, um, we're in the uh, Outer Thames area. Uh, there's a, an SBA um, that looks after the environment. Um, so we have to work with the wildlife. So before you even get anywhere near building a wind farm, you have to do an environmental impact assessment. And that looks at uh, the habitat. It looks at benthic, so the seabed. It looks at um, uh, birds. It looks at porpoise, because locally here, we've got the harbour porpoise um, a protected area. And in uh, just outside our wind farm, uh, there's a uh, special protected area that's got uh, red-throated divers. So we have to work with the MMO and uh, all the agencies to make sure that what we do whilst we're in operation, we protect the habitats that were there long before we were. Mm. You're, you're based here in, in Harwich, and I've, I've read online that, that uh, you do a lot in the community. How important is that for Galloper Wind Farms? Yeah, massively important for us, for, for me, the team, uh, and the, the shareholders. Um, we want to be part of the community. Um, we, we don't want somebody to look at as, as that's Galloper over there. We want to be part of, uh, of the community. We do things uh, like going to schools. We've got six STEM ambassadors, so we spend an awful lot of time in the schools talking to children from, from as, as young as seven or eight uh, all the way up to school leavers, and we've recently done some work with uh, Essex University as well. So that's one part of it. The next part is about how we can benefit um, the local area. So we also support the uh, Parkinson Christmas Party, which is a, a local uh, charity that, for the children uh, in the local area uh, to make sure that they get uh, a gift at Christmas. Um, we support um, lots of individual small charities in the Harwich and Tendering area just because it's hard to get um, donations in the local area. We know it's hard to get uh, donations. And we've got a partnership with Essex Community Foundation um, where we give money to those every year and they help us find suitable charities where we can make our donations. So, yeah, it's really important to, to me, the team and the shareholders that 
we the community feel we're part of the community rather than um, on the outskirts. Green energy, as we've already said, is, is continuing to expand. It's going to obviously grow further. I've seen that you also train up the next generation of people who will come along and, and, and take on the work of generating electricity from, from greener sources as well. I started my career as an apprentice at Sizewell A Power Station, so not a million miles away from here. So I can see the benefits of, of our apprenticeship schemes. And every industry I've been in, we've had apprenticeships. So Galloper at the moment has got five apprentices. Uh, the first uh, cohort are due to come out of their apprenticeship this year. So in September, they'll be coming out of their apprenticeship uh, ready to take on jobs. And what sort of things are those apprentices learning as, as part of that training? So they're uh, hands-on. So they'll be with the, with the experienced technicians on the turbines, but they're also at East Coast College in Lowestoft learning uh, the, the, the fundamentals. So it will be hydraulics, electrics, pneumatics, all of the systems that are in the turbines they need to learn how to work on those. So they'll do the academic bit at the college and then they'll get the hands-on uh, with the technicians offshore. Um, and then we've got some other guys that are in later years as they go through. So yeah, in, and we're not recruiting this year, but we recruit every two years um, to, to make sure that our feedstock to our, our business is there for future generations. RWE, who's, who's the operator here, they recruit every year. So we've got another 12 apprentices coming on uh, into uh, into our portfolio this year as well. And if you've not got sea legs and perhaps thinking, <laughs> going out on a, on a rough blowy day out to a wind turbine is perhaps not my thing. Obviously here, this state-of-the-art uh, centre, operations centre, maintenance base as well. Um, you've talked about the, the control room and, and, and managing the farm from here. I mean, what actually goes on in the control room? I mean, is it literally switching them on and off? Yeah, yeah. Oh, perhaps a little bit more complex than that. Yeah, slightly more complicated that. Um, the control room, yeah, you're right. You don't need you don't need sea uh, legs to be able to do that. It's it's shore based. We have a, a a team of five guys and girls in there that rotate around cover a, cover a twelve hour day. Um, they are safely transferring the plant or the turbines from their normal operational state to a state where the teams that go out can go and work on them safely. So they're they're. Um, or making sure the people are authorised to go and work on the turbine, making sure they've got the right procedures, make sure they're going to the right turbine. We've got 56 turbines. It takes 90 minutes to get here. We want to make sure that the team are going to the right turbine to do the right maintenance. It's a really important job for the guys in the control room to make sure the right team are going on the right turbine with the right equipment uh, and the right procedures to do that work. And that's part of their role. The other part of their role is, is marine coordinator. So they're tracking vessels and people, um, and making sure that uh, we keep our people safe while they're transiting from, from our O&M base here in Harwich out to our wind farm, like you say, uh, which is 90 minutes away. On a day like today, I can see why people would love doing the jobs that they do here based from Harwich. Do you get a chance to actually go out and, 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 and uh, actually up the, the turbines at, at any point? Uh, I do, not as often as I'd like, to be fair. Um, but yeah, so we, we encourage the management team here to get off and go and see how, how things are happening you know go and it's no there's no substitute for having a look at things on the work on, on the work face so uh yeah we do get to go out um and we do take um uh, uh our investors out as well so our investors invested a lot of money in harwich wind farm so in galloper wind farm so their opportunity to go out to the wind farm is key as well well sean thank you so much for joining me for this episode and inviting me along here to your operation base thank you no, no problem at all. And to answer just how many wind turbines are off the Essex coast, Sean, you said... We've got 56 turbines at Galloper. 
add that to the other main wind farms across the Essex coast, I've calculated around about 281. I haven't counted each turbine personally, but that's how much I've found out, so now you know. If you would like to support the continuation of Essex by the Sea, I'd be very grateful if you could check out my Kofi page, and if you feel inclined, you can find the details on there on how to leave a little donation. The link to that is in the description. Thank you very much in advance. So until the next episode, thanks very much for listening.